0: following program may contain coarse language suggested dialogue and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations it is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions
1: hi this is tv's jay hickman and you're listening to a toonami faithful podcast exclusive
0: Welcome to NAMI Faithful Podcast listeners. This is editorial uh, writer and I guess now editor-in-chief CJ Maffert alongside the founder, Paul Pascrillo, here with a very special guest
1: here today. Hello, hello everybody. I'm Jay Hickman, uh, the voice of Jerichiro Yukihira from uh, Food Wars and a few other shows of note.
0: Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. This is a real treat and real pleasure.
1: <laughs> oh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you guys.
0: Uh, since you mentioned uh Joe Ichiro in Food wars, I think we should start there i'm very curious on your impressions of the show when Sentai first announced they acquired the license for it and that they yeah. were dubbing the series, considering how very uh off the wall it can be
1: yeah, no doubt i you know to be to be candid and and this sort of this sort of plays into my experience as a as a voice actor for um for anime in you know for english-speaking markets is that i did not know um of the show before sentai approached me so um and it's it's not for um you know being closed off to uh to other anime i you know i have an awareness of certain shows that come along and others uh they can they can catch me off guard so when i was first approached um it was actually by uh the director Kyle Jones whose name you might know <laughs> very um, familiar who um who let me know that he was uh working on something new he he didn't at the time um tell me in so many words that like this is kind of big um but i could i could sense that it was something exciting just sort of the way he was he was um framing it for me and so he let me know um you know in so many words it was going to be a cooking theme show and that and his exact words were uh, you'll play the cool dad <laughs> um and so i didn't know much more about it until i got into the booth and, and uh the way i learned about it then was very similar to how it usually goes um when I'm introduced to a new show that I'm about to voice for um was that, you know, there's, there's a few minutes of downtime before, you know, I actually put the headphones on and and Kyle is sort of walking me through. So like, all right, here's the show. Here's what it's about. Um And I'll be out in the kind of, you know, the main kind of control room with him. And so he'll have some of the show up on the monitors and he'll show me a little bit of this. Certainly he'll show me what the character looks like, character design, so I can get a sense of of him kind of there in real time before I get in the booth. And so he, it, it sort of all unfolded piece by piece, little by little, where I was, it was slowly dawning on me the real kind of essence of the show. And so he did not, um, in the first introduction, kind of brace me for anything. Um And so, uh, that, you know, that created its own kind of special, um, kind of meandering discovery for me about, you know, (laughs) what what the show was really, really, really about because Joe Ichiro, as you all may know, does not have food chasms. He's way too cool for that. (laughs) So I did not, I was not in a scene where, um, people's, uh, clothes were exploding, uh, or anything like that for a while. Like that took a while. So most of it was just like, you know, in episode one is where we started, and Joichiro and Soma are at the family diner and they're cooking fried rice and he's ordering Soma around and you know, we're kind of getting a sense for their dynamic. Um and so it wasn't until much later that um I got to see the entire first episode and what was uh kind of where they were willing to go with it um and it was hilarious um what was ever so slightly less hilarious was that when i received the uh a copy of the dvd when the uh season one was done i gathered the whole family around i'm like check this out oh no this will be so much fun <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> it's one of my best characters you're gonna love it um and so, uh, yeah, the first food gasm came on and my daughter who is like, you know, a young teenager was like, dad. Um, and I was like, all right guys, time for bed. Um, <laughs> so we, we, um, we watched something else, uh, the next night, but, um, I'll, I'll ease them back into it. Cause it, that's, that's obviously the whole show is not all about all about that. There's actually some, uh, some plot arc and some narrative and some character development there. But uh yeah, that was that was a semi-hilarious um kind of entree to, Oh, uh, so this is what they wanted to do. But I I I realized, you know, I I didn't need to watch too many more episodes to realize that like that is not they're they're not gonna go to that well every single time. Um and indeed, you know, kind of I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but enjoying season two now on Toonami The way they do that is different than they did in season one, for sure. I think it's, uh, they've kind of toned it down a bit. It's still, it's still definitely, um, it it definitely grabs you. And, uh, you know, the idea of, of people's clothes exploding when they eat something is, um, you know, a bit of a departure from the mainstream but it wasn't quite uh, quite done in the same way as it seemed like they were doing in the early episodes of Season 1.
0: Yeah, and you can definitely notice instead of just making it close-exploding, they would add references to it, like uh, the JoJo reference that we got in Season 2, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. At least just, you know, something different. Uh, I'm curious, at least since you've become such a fan, obviously, of the title, as the more you've been working on it, how did you how did you feel when something that isn't necessarily synonymous with Toonami, like it's not necessarily your prototypical shonen or action show? How did you feel that this was getting a chance to shine on the block and you know give everyone their just desserts?
1: Ah, nice uh nicely framed. Um I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. And I guess, you know, it it is um, th- there are some elements of of shonen to it. Like it wasn't a, a, you know a, a ridiculous departure from um, kind of the, the genre that seems to, uh, do well on the tsunami block. But, um, yeah, I was just, um, I was just excited, uh, period that it was going to be given a shot. And I, you know, for, from the small role that I play in it, you know, I definitely felt like it had, it had the chops and you all have, you know, b- bared witness uh, as much as anyone to how it's been received. I think there's. You know, it's been um it seems to be get you know getting a lot of really positive feedback. And at the same time, there are people who are even now like, What is this? <laughs> um not not exactly sure what to do with it. But I have seen, you know, I have seen lots of commentary online about people who um were quite unsure about it uh at you know first glance and seem to start to be won over. And I, I think that kind of um that kind of mirrors a little bit you know my first reaction when I first saw the full full episode one. I was like, "Whoa, holy moly, and you know you, you watch a few episodes and you'll you'll get it like there's some depth to it and and you do kind of the, these characters are developed, and the story is is developed in a way that you are invested um you know, you do start to become invested, and you know the the stuff that seems like um you know the flashy bits and sparklers and fireworks like that's enjoyable it's titillating um and it doesn't it doesn't make you think like oh that's they're just going for flash um it's you know there there's some there's both steak and sizzle
0: mhm
1: in the show i think
0: yeah definitely I, I I see it too like I feel like season one particularly was really magical like it really it went. I want to say to like 11, but still saying kind of not necessarily like faithful to the manga, because like, that's just how you kind of see with a lot of anime, but it really seemed to depict a lot of the strengths of the manga Food Wars really well. And I'm curious if you kind of picked up or were able to notice through uh, your watching, whether it be on tsunami or DVDs or things like that, if you kind of were able to see why this uh, title became as popular as it, as it has.
1: I think, um, yeah, I mean, from, from my perspective, um, I, I guess I was experiencing in, for many, you know, in many cases in real time with, with everyone else who was watching it. Um, cause I did not binge the, uh, the first season as soon as I received a copy of it. I did, um, cause I, I came to learn pretty soon that it was going to be on Toonami oh, and,
0: okay.
1: and waited until it was on there to start kind of ingesting it in one episode at a time, like many other people, uh, prefer to do. And so, um, I was kind of in real time with, with many other, uh, audience members kind of watching it as it evolved. And to your, to your point, I think magical is, is, a is a great word. And I, I think to watch, you know, Soma's journey, um, and maybe, you know, maybe I had a little special perspective there. Cause I'm, uh, based on my character i'm really rooting for the kid um uh but um you know w- watching um sort of the his experience his tribulation and kind of you know having his eyes opened um as he kind of is sort of thrust into this world and starts to realize um a that he's pretty great and b that there's lots of people around whom are also pretty great. Um, and so it's fun to watch his. I think the balance is really, really nicely done where, whereby we get to see him have confidence in himself, have that confidence grow, realize that he's learning and getting better. And in turn, his confidence grows, but also to have these, um, you know, these little uh, sort of obstacles thrown at him or these surprises, like where he meets somebody else and he hasn't, you know, he's just, he's never seen anything like it. Um, Akira is a great example mm-hmm. during, you know, the Curry episode. Right. Uh, where he's like at the end, like, yeah, the, all the stuff you just did, I've never heard of half of it. I can't do that, but I'm going to. um and so you know you get to see a little bit of rare humility from soma uh and then obviously the episodes where Gerichiro shows up um mm-hmm. there there's a whole different dynamic to how how soma behaves when his dad's around but uh yeah so s- fun fun dynamic to it in terms of the performances and the story arc um and you know getting to meet you you do get to meet and and really fall for um pretty much all the other characters like that is just they're all likable in their way and they all seem to fit fit their role so well they you know in terms of the, how they serve the story um there's just no there's no scraps uh, <laughs> in, in, in as much to say like it's it's just it's all brought together in a just beautiful beautiful dish
0: and more on the relationship between soma and his father i don't really see many animes where the father figure actually is, like, a good father figure. And some might argue, well, Jiroichiro just drops Soma off, you know, kind of like a lion does with their cubs. But you really do see uh, what a what a good father figure really means to Soma to be able to to venture forth at Totsuki. And I'm curious if you kind of picked up on it, if you feel there's an importance to have, like, a actual Uh, representation of a father figure that's actually like halfway decent compared to like what you see in other anime
1: yeah i guess um you know i get uh you may or may not be surprised to learn i've played a few dads in my day um so i do i do get cast to play uh play fathers and they you know I, i wouldn't be able to list them off for you right now but they have definitely run the run the gamut um in terms of the sorts of fathers they are and i i i don't really recall any that are um neglectful per se but um it does seem like there's more than a handful that are just kind of oblivious um and you know don't don't serve the story as much as just for you to know that this protagonist has a father and um you know usually it's going to be the the parent serves as an obstacle or so-and-so's grounded or whatever so that you know it's a something they've got to get around um but yeah joe ichiro was definitely different um and you know watching watching him and his relationship was also an evolution of sorts and i think that is you know it's the the creators of the show that kind of decided to Sprinkle that out piece by piece, just, you know, exactly what he was up to. Um, and in the first episode, he just announces he's taken off and someone's like, what, what? Um, it was like, I've got to take care of some business or something. And, you know, you, you later find out that the business, it seems was very likely going to Totski and kind of putting the wheels in motion to get Soma an invitation or, you know, set it up so that someone could go for the, preliminaries or tryouts or whatever transfer and so um that's unknown to soma and um soma obviously bristles at the idea that he needs to go to a cooking academy in the first place like that's made very clear um and it doesn't take long for him to get there and realize like wow there's there's some stuff i can learn here and so it, in a, you know, in a benevolent way, it seems like Chirichiro is kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes. Like he knows exactly what Soma needs to grow and wants to, to nudge him in that direction Um, just without being overt. And I um, maybe because he knows that Soma would react poorly if, you know, he was completely transparent, but you know, you get uh in middle of the season when he comes back to visit the dorm and um the door mother is is giving him some business and um she's like why don't you stick around I'm sure your son would enjoy having you around and is Drew, like I'm not really a hands-on kind of a parent and she's like that's BS like you know exactly what you're doing um and you knew that this visit and this food battle would be just exactly what Soma needs to kind of nudge him onto the next level and get him thinking about what's next for him. And sure enough, that seems to play out. So um it takes a while, uh, I think, as you watch kind of Jowichiro's interactions with, with Soma and the others at Totsuki, kind of just what is he up to. But um, with each reveal, it seems like he knows exactly what he was doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And it's all for the benefit of Soma uh
0: it definitely feels that way and that's kind of what's made at least him I think more memorable for a lot of fans I mean besides his looks because he is a looker but uh I I do think a lot of people kind of gravitate when they think of like anime parents to him because while he may seem kind of hands-off he does kind of you know he's there for his son which which is all you could really ask for when it comes to a parent yeah Uh, but I am curious, uh, like when it comes to that kind of relationship where you're able to kind of pull from your experience as a, as a father,
1: uh, I suppose it's, um, you know, obviously, uh, is a, is a very different, uh, different type of dad than I am. His, uh, kind of actual family dynamic is quite a bit different, um, I'm. Uh, I feel quite fortunate to have uh, my wife and the mother of my children still very much in the picture. Um, and it may, you know, Soma's story might might have been less interesting if uh, if his mom were still around and they were still a you know classic nuclear family. Who knows? Um, the fact that she's not, I think, obviously you know uh, contributes a lot to who he is and. And the the strength of his um, relationship with his father, because there are not two parents in the picture, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, to uh, I haven't sent any of my um, teenage kids off to boarding school. So, <laughs> you know, I've got to live with them. Um, and uh, so we, we have to learn to uh, to deal with each other in close quarters. Um, but uh, for sure, I, I, I think, you know, y- it, as an as an actor, and particularly as a voice actor, when you know you've got to convey so much of of what the character is feeling or thinking simply through your your voice and and kind of you know emotive qualities, um, you know there there are moments where you you do pull you want to pull from kind of real life to the extent that you can as you inhabit a character and you you want to kind of lend it something. Um, real and genuine, uh, for sure. You know, if there's moments with uh, Joichiro and Soma where there's an actual kind of connection being made, I think in episode one of season one where mm-hmm. he like pounds Soma on the chest. He's like, "Listen, man, you know, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go out there and and make something of yourself, do something." Um, and so you know, you 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 do, I think, try to pull from. Kind of, you know, what that feels like uh, to to have a a heart to heart like that with a child, um, to you know, inspire them to kind of push them out of their comfort zone because you know that it's time for them to grow in that way.
0: That's awesome. Uh, I will say probably the thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure Paul would, could could attest to this too. I think the biggest thing that I really enjoyed about the addition to Food Wars: Two Tsunami is how not only were there a ton of, you know, fans on the outside who were pumped for it, there are a ton of fans that are, you know, your colleagues, like voice actors, whether they're in the project or not, that were just so ecstatic to be, to see it on Toonami. Like, I know from uh, previous interviews that we've done, KG Tang was like, he loves Food Wars. He loves it. He even <laughs> loves your character the most. You oh, know? wow. Like, yeah, it's just, it's one of those, and like, I'm sure, like I say, Paul could tell you, like, it seemed like a lot of people, whether they be you know just regular fans like him or I, to also people within the industry that were like, "Yes, it's about time."
1: <laughs> uh, well, that, that's obviously extremely heartening um, to know. Um, I, I think anything you, anytime you can be a part of creating something, you know, you genuinely hope that it will be a entertaining, b not terrible, but c Uh, meaningful to somebody. I mean, that's, that's the greatest thing you could, you could shoot for is that you can create something that really resonates with somebody or um, something they can, they can connect with. And, and I'm, you know, I'm never, it never ceases to amaze me and just humble me so much when I get to meet people um, that have seen stuff I've been in and they will approach me and they will tell me that, they, I don't know, saw the show for the first time last year and they couldn't believe it and it was amazing or whatever, or another show that they, you know, grew up with, it was 10 years ago and how much of an impact it had on them and how, how they related to it. And, um, you know, it was there for some people in some shows, it was their comfort food, as it were. It's a place where they could feel, you know, that they have this, uh escape and that was that thing for them and it um it it meant a lot to them and to know that you know they then drew a connection to certain characters and by extension to the people that that helped create those characters uh there's there's a little more gratifying than that so you know to know that there's a show like this one that is resonating on a level like that and and being received um by people, especially industry folks who are like, you know, finally. Um what a great thing to hear from him.
0: <laughs> but no, I I could tell you, I'm sure, like Paul has all the has all the data when it comes to at least like people tweeting and stuff like that when it comes to us. I mean I'm sure he saw a ton of people like like whether they'd be fans or industry saying this is awesome. But...
1: Well it, it was one of the it was one of the top requested shows at one point.
0: Yeah so and I know, let's, and I know for a fact, this has become one of Paul's favorites too.
1: Yes, it has. Yeah, uh-huh. well, let's let's keep it going. <laughs> yep. Well, let's hey, I mean,
0: season three is coming soon, at least for uh, the home media part of it. So, I mean, yes, we're rolling.
1: Yeah, fingers fingers crossed that that means what we hope it all means <laughs> right. for, for the exactly. future tsunami. Yeah.
0: I I will before we kind of finish it off with at least food wars. I I do want to know has there been any dish that you've seen that you want to make and eat? Cause there are like a hundred for me. I, yeah. I don't know if Paul feels the same way with late night snacks and whatnot watching, but there are so many times where I'm like, I want to make this.
1: Yeah. Vir- virtually everyone. I mean, I, I think that, um, and that this is no surprise to anyone. I'm like everyone else who watches this show and just cannot believe how good they make it look. Um, the animation is great. And I've, you know, I've, um, I know that the creators of the show really, really did their homework and that I believe it's true. You guys might know better than I that, you know, every single recipe you see on there or every dish you see, you can find a recipe somewhere to actually make that thing. It's it, not like
0: it's funny. Yeah, the author um, as from from our manga expert that we have, he says that the author has a food specialist to be able to make sure everything whether like the science of it is correct things along those lines. And in, yeah. the, in the manga, they'll have certain recipes at at the end of the book so depending on what dish might be like the big thing they'll have the recipe in it i've screenshot a couple i'm like i can't wait to try these
1: yeah that is um so it's that way for me i guess there there are some things that seem like uh somewhere in season one they make beef bourguignon i'm like i've had beef bourguignon before it was probably not as amazing as soma's was but if i were to attempt to make it it would be as good as anything i've already had Um rather unlikely to be better than anything i've already had so th- th- i guess i'm i'm drawn more to those things that i've never seen before mm-hmm. or just seem so remarkable or you know something the the ingredients of which they describe as being um kind of rare or novel or like you know the thing that the secret ingredient of this dish is whatever xyz root from uh you know from Mauritania. um And I'm be like, oh, now that's uh, that's something I've never tried. I guess the the very first dish that I was drawn to is in um, Surprise Surprise episode one. Uh, (laughs) It's it's the the bacon loaf, right? Like that. Um, The way they drew it, animated it, and then Soma's description of how it all came together and became something amazing, Uh, and it actually looks doable like um that seems it you know it's not uh it's not just making jello for sure like there's going to be some work to it but you actually do believe watching soma do it that you could maybe pull that off um so that's definitely something i'd like to give a try
0: oh i hope you uh tweet that out at least to show all the fans that'd be really cool
1: it's a promise it's a promise (laughs)
0: uh and one one other thing i do want to say like my favorite aspect what drew me to food wars were the stare downs like most like the most notable that resonated with me was when soma first uh had a shokugeki against alice i i when i read it their stare downs like it was like the dangerous cat meets the like uh kind of wounded dog that th- knows that they have the upper hand kind of th- it was amazing the the artistry with it i'm not sure if Paul's favorite part is the food gasms. When it comes to the show, maybe I, I don't. I don't necessarily know for sure. But
1: what, what would I, I would say no to that. But oh, okay. <laughs> what What is your favorite part? Just
0: Just so I can get it
1: right. Um, I mean, I would say probably just how just them like. Just whoever's like one of the, one of the the main characters winning uh. basically that's kind of how I go through it uh. basically, or how I would say more like how soma like just makes everybody look bad <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: so I'm curious jay, what's your like favorite kind of aspect, whether it be like the animation, the music, the food gas like what would you say is your like top thing when you come to watch food
1: wars? yeah, great question I think um that it's tough because there's so many. Is so many different kind of disparate elements to the show, and the way they're all woven together is is almost completely seamless. Like I think, as we've already discussed, the the food gather the food gasms do sort of shock you out of complacency. Like you might be, um, you know, like when you're kind of you know ingesting any sort of media, and you know you're drawn into the story. You really want to be drawn into a story, and everything else around you kind of dissolves dissolves away and you're like part of the story, you're in it. And if there's something that brings you out of the story, you become very aware of that. And I think sometimes the food gasms do, depending on who's in the room with you. I obviously I'm sure you've seen there are countless tweets about like, I was, you know, just uh, innocently watching Food Wars episode eight and then all of a sudden and my mom was like, what in the world is that? And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um and so, you know, obviously people if if the, if the crowd watching with you was uh, not just right, you would, you know, be embarrassed by like, you know, glancing around like, "Uh Oh, who else is watching this? But um, I think, you know, I, I really enjoy there's um, there's some really fun comedic elements of the story. um, But you know, that's, that's, that's kind of all the way on this one end of the spectrum of of what makes the show great i think um I think you know the fact that there is some some kind of um kind of shocking element to it the food stuff is is certainly not unwelcome like i i think it it definitely it definitely serves uh serves its purpose uh the stare down part I, and I do like the You know, the time they take, as we kind of alluded before, like the creator of the show really went to some trouble to make sure that um, you would you would so admire these people because they were making something amazing and doing it in a way that, you know, us mere mortals at home could never do. And they had really gone to the trouble to make sure that they're not just um, throwing, you know fairy dust and fiction at it it's like this is this is real like there are chefs out there who can really make this who can really have an impact um on someone like someone who tasted is truly transported to another place and you feel that you feel that as you're watching it um and so again for us mere mortals it, it's important for them to have those little vignettes where someone is giving some exposition and explaining like Here's what makes this dish amazing. Like, here's why your clothes are exploding right now. Um,
0: <laughs> and I always,
1: I'm always, um, I'm wary of of exposition in shows. Like, it, it can very frequently be be too heavy-handed. And I, I never feel that, that way here. I think it's always done um, so well because they they obviously give lots of different people a turn to um, to do the explaining. Like, here's what you're seeing right now. And you know so, sometimes in the um in the fall selection uh battles uh or competitions, sometimes it's comedically done like the the judges, depending on who the judges are, they yeah. might take a turn that, saying like um you know he uh he used chanterelle mushrooms, well, you know what makes them special um and, and so you know just depending on who does it, it can be kind of funny, but um Usually, I I really enjoy that part of it as well, because uh, you know you're learning something, but you don't realize it at the time. It's too entertaining.
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's certainly enter, entertaining and wild. Um, yeah, and and we could like like as you can tell, we could talk about Food Wars or all day. But I do want to kind of segue into kind of an important moment in Toonami's history when they finally worked out a deal to get a Sentai show on the block for the first time when it was Akami Got Kill, and then very soon after Parasite joined in. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed Akami Got Kill a lot. Paul has Parasite on his top 10 of all time, Uh, I think, for correction, this generation. Like, it's an it's, exclusive it's... list for him.
1: Well, no, 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 correction. It is, I have deemed Parasite the best show. Yes. Best show on this version of Toonami since Toonami came back on yeah. Adult Swim wow so yes.
0: i'm I'm curious how how excited like you and your colleagues were the fact that a sentai show was finally getting the chance to shine be it both akami got kill and parasite and you were in both you know pretty i wouldn't say like the most prominent but pretty prominent characters that we could uh easily recall when you think about it especially like dr
1: stylish right uh someone um on on twitter um tweeted at me in the middle of, uh, live tweeting, I think, uh, must've been parasite. One of the best tweets I've ever seen. Uh, and it was, um, they set it up as a quote, um, that it was clearly coming from me, like Jay Hickman colon. I'm not always on tsunami, but when I do, I die. Um, <laughs> so uh it was it was great about those characters they uh they they came in they definitely had an impact and then um were yeah met a, met a grizzly end um but yeah we were to your question uh thrilled i mean there there's there's no other no other word i think and it was not um you know i had not known that this was even kind of in the offing i, I didn't know that um you know it, as you alluded earlier, I, I'm I'm a mere voice actor. Uh yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not uh I'm not called into the meetings in the big boardroom very often. Um, so you know, I didn't know there were discussions, I didn't know that this was even kind of um, you know, uh, a goal or a pipe dream. Um but yeah, it was announced and we had already um we had already recorded a comic a kill. And so, uh, I knew the show and, you know, had really enjoyed being a part of that. Um, and then, yeah, it was just, uh, just a delightful surprise when it was announced that it was going to, to join the Tsunami Block. Uh, obviously for anyone in the industry, that is, you know, kind of a, kind of a holy grail. Um, just in terms of, cause again, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, what, what is really fulfilling for me and gratifying and being a part of this industry is the chance to be a part of creating something that is special for people. And, you know, to, to have a chance to have your audience uh, expanded so broadly, like, you know, being on Toonami certainly would, um, was exciting. It it just opens up all of these um, opportunities for for more people to enjoy something that you sunk, you know, all of this heart and energy into creating it. See, it's, it's the greatest.
0: What do you think made a parasite such a m- memorable, uh, show like many, and it's not just Paul, a ton, a ton of Toonami fans cannot stop talking about how just wonderful it was that Parasite joined the blog. Why do you think that show really spoke to a lot of uh, Toonami fans compared to you know, others that have been around kind of thing.
1: Um, Because he gave me $20, the answer is Kyle Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just, although um, absolutely uh, what, what Kyle, what Kyle brought to that project and making it what it is, is, is undeniable. Um, But yeah, the, again i think this is another case of just so many ingredients that that were just right um and combined in just the right way but this the the show was obviously it was like nothing you've ever seen you know it was shocking um the the concept was you know just um both outlandish and you know played realistically enough to be terrifying like you know what if uh because i think you know too it, it, this is it was introduced in the um in the era of kind of uh zombie theater like everyone is completely engrossed with the idea of a zombie apocalypse to the to the point that you know while it is fiction uh people can't help but wonder well, what if mm-hmm. Like, and so, um, I think, you know, the way, the way the, the subject matter is treated in Parasite is, you know, it is, um, obviously not tongue in cheek. It doesn't take itself too seriously either. Um, and it's done in just a way to be like, that is truly, truly horrifying. Um, but also, you know, the, the, um, the, the characters work. I think, you know, you really want to root, um, you want to root for the protagonist in this one. I, I think in, you know, there's just a the right element of what's, what's happening to him is terrifying, but also he's got some, um, you know, he's got a couple, uh, decent kind of, uh, consolation prices out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his eyesight for one, did you see? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think there's, the animation is superb. I think the score was great. Um got to love that dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my um myself excluded the 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 performances uh were dynamite. I just thought they were were so good and obviously, you know, hand in hand with that um the direction um you have to uh you have to have a great director to draw out the very best performances and so I I think you know, all of it, um, all of it just sort of came together um, in a way that made it really, uh, you know, really memorable and really watchable.
0: Yeah. No, I, I will say uh, the director did a phenomenal job. I think it was a lot of uh, the best performances at the time for me when I, when I first started, especially uh, Andrew Love's character. I thought that was his his best character he's ever done. It was so twisted, evil. and He did such a good job with it. He, re- he really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that guy. That guy is superb. No question. <laughs> uh,
0: but I, I will say, you know, it isn't just you know shows that are licensed by Sentai that you've got to be on. Uh, you were also got got to be on probably the most popular anime on the planet right now in My Hero Academia. Uh, oh
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: no, we we do our homework. We make sure we double uh it seems like everyone is kind of treating my hero like the dragon ball where it's like they can't wait to get that call to be like hey do you want to audition and see if you might be in a role for this well what was what was it like getting to be a part of that uh project now
1: that was um uh in a word fantastic but um (laughs) to to give you a little more subtext um yeah that was um that was a a really fun one and it was it was interesting because i had um i've been on i've been on my hero before season 4 um you might not know that you may not have done quite enough homework oh, okay. i i went um i did some walla for them in a previous season and to be completely honest i haven't done my homework either i do not know the season or the episode it felt like it felt based on what i saw of the recording session it was like there was some sort of graduation ceremony going on um and for some reason uh, some bad guys decided to show up in the middle of graduation when all the heroes would be collected in one place it was not a smart move on their part so i um, i was i was at funimation recording something else with mike mcfarland and he's like while you're here Um, would you like to duck into a Wallace session with Colleen um, for the show she's working on? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so um, I did not know the show at the time. Um, I walked in, met Colleen. She's lovely as can be. Uh, She introduced me to the show, told me what's happening. Basically Uh, there wasn't, you know, a lot of uh, kind of background I needed to, you know, have, um, be prepared to give her, you know, some good stuff. So, you know, these are, I, I was in like a trio of ninjas or bad guys or something who show up. They have a few lines, they get beat up real bad, and then it's, it's over. Um, and so, um, I got to, you know, see it and it looked cool. And I learned, obviously learned about, I knew about the show then. And so after that, in, you know, the, year or so that passed, um, I definitely had an awareness of the show and how it was remarkably popular and how, how much people were really invested in, you know, what was going on with that story and the characters. Um, and so um, when I got called to come in um, for season four, um, I did not know what exactly was happening. I didn't know what the character was. Um, and I think, um, they, I think they gave me a code name for who the character was. Um, just to keep, keep everything under wraps. Um, and so I knew how long my session was going to be. And it was long enough for me to think like, well, something's happening. But I don't I don't know exactly what is happening. So there was there was some sense of excitement and anticipation there um going in to kind of find out uh what uh, what they had in store for me. And so I walk in, um and um Colleen comes in the waiting room, she extends her hand, she's like, I'm Colleen, nice to meet you. I'm like, actually, um So we we had a laugh over that. Uh, She did not remember the Wallace session either. (laughs) Um, I barely remember it. I still I still I wouldn't be able to point you to where it was, but I hope maybe somebody can help me track that down. Um, And so she uh, yeah walked me into the studio. We talked all through it. She told me who the character was, and she you know did such a great job of setting it up um, because she was genuinely excited for. For this guy, uh, Taneo, and the the role he would play in the story, um, and she, you know, we talked about exposition before. So she's like, at the beginning of every season, there has to be an exposition episode, so that people who are joining for the first time can get caught up, and hopefully they do it in a way that doesn't cause eye rolls among the diehard fans. And she's like, I'm really, really excited about the, the con the conceit they used this time around to do it, to have a reporter kind of introduce what's happening in the story and who these characters are. And, um, so she was like, I, you know, I'm excited, um, for that and excited that, you know, you're, you're able to do it, uh, and, and do it justice. And, you know, I saw what she meant, like it was a really clever way, um, for them to do it, and so she was like, "As far as I know like he he goes he rides off into the sunset, um but hopefully he'll be back, maybe yeah uh, you know um there's no reason why not, because you you know for for those that saw that particular episode, and I guess I guess I should be careful in case some people are behind by uh by half a season, but um you know he uh we're not sure quite sure about him at the beginning." Uh, not quite sure what he's up to, what his motives are, and it it turns out in the end he's he seems to be a good guy. So hopefully they'll have him back. I I like
0: that's what they did with that too, and I I, I thought your performance of that was really really convincing. You know, like you it really felt like if that character was to life, you would have your voice, if you if you know what I mean. Like uh, when sure. it comes to listening to that, like I thought you were able to play the character. Like, like you say, it's, you know, so far it's just one episode, who knows what happened, but it really, I think, I think he does have a memorable impact, whether, you know, with it, just because like, it's yet another person who's kind of, kind of more on Midoriya's side and able to kind of see more than what others kind of see, I guess, in a way.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, too, the, you, you get to see that he's got a genuine, um, a real life backstory, uh, and they, you know, they don't spend a lot of time on it, but they don't need to, um, you know, about how he feels about All Might and why that is, and um, so, you know, you you do feel as you're learning about that. I, do, I think for people that love the show and love All Might and love, um, you know, kind of the world that was created because All Might's around, um, I, I think they can they can feel like they have a, a connection to this character too, who's genuinely uh may feel the same way they do
0: <laughs> no then like i say, I, I think a lot of people would say you did a phenomenal job uh being part of thank that. you so yeah, much and, you know, it was, it
1: and, he, and he loves meat buns and what's more relatable than that he ex-
0: hey i mean first you have a character who makes them then you have one who likes to eat them so i mean it, it's <laughs> like full circle here there you go um, i will say one show that uh kind of close to wrap this up but there is one show that I'm a huge fan of that I would have loved to have been on Toonami and maybe there's a chance with a new season being announced with Log Horizon. I, I am a huge fan of it. I, first of all, the theme song is top tier, God tier. It's awesome, but I'm curious mm-hmm. how, how you felt about being a part of the project and, and now at least learning that there could potentially be more stuff for Sentai Filmworks to work with it. If, you know, you never know what could happen, but just the prospect right. of it being of it being a possibility kind of thing
1: yeah. i hate to sound like a broken record but i loved it like I, <laughs> there you know, there, there are not a lot of shows that i get to be a part of that i don't genuinely truly enjoy and you know i i think as my um you know my career has gone on and you know i'm, I'm getting to be a part of these shows in um you know juicy roles and you know something that that sort of matters to the story. Not all the time. I mean, I you know, I come in to play a bit part. I'm just as happy to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever kind of whatever I can lend to the project, I'm glad to lend that. Um, I you know, I don't I don't insist on being uh, you know being an integral um, integral uh, character every single time. But uh, I do find that you know I'm, I'm getting the chance more and more often to to do something like that, and it's so. Um you know, again, overuse the word gratifying, it truly is. Uh you know, it's exciting too. And so um this uh this character Krusty, I, you know, he um I definitely I definitely saw a lot of myself in him. Um I think he's uh you know, I wear spectacles, I, I try to rock them I make them, you know, important part of uh my persona. Uh, he's quite, uh, he's quite snarky, um, decent with the ladies <laughs> um, and, you know, a gamer who suddenly is, you know, thrust into this world. And, um, you know, there, there is a lot, lots kind of relatable about the character in the show that, um, I really enjoyed being a part of it. Um, you know, as much as, uh, as watching it, you know, the story is fun. Um, and so he, I think this will be no surprise to you guys. I I think there was a lot of kind of, um, sort of curiosity among, among the audience for the show about, you know, where did Krusty go and Mm -hmm. why? what's season two seemed to end abruptly and what's going on and is there going to get a season three like that is almost definitely been for me, um, the number one question about shows related to like, when is this coming back? Or are there plans for another part of this? Um, You know, I I get questions about that for some other shows, but nothing like this one. Uh, And so to hear that announcement was, um, yeah, very exciting indeed. And I think too, you know, if, if, um, if there is a season three and it gets the full uh, treatment, English, uh, English dub and all that stuff. I think, you know, possibly, uh, having a longer tailed thing like that could make it more attractive, um, for, for Toonami. Um, you guys would know as well as anyone kind of, you know, the kind of, uh, the shows they seem attracted to, but it, it does look like if, if a show's got longer legs, more seasons, it may be more worthwhile to trot it out. Um, so that if it goes well, then it can stay on. You know.
0: Yeah, and the subject matter fits, considering other types of shows where people are trapped in games. You know, as Dot uh, Hack, Sao, just as recent examples. So I, I certainly couldn't see why they wouldn't look at it.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's novel enough in in its treatment of that kind of concept um, that it wouldn't be, you know, um, too hackneyed for people. I, I think it's yeah. it's got it brings a fresh a fresh perspective to that uh kind of subgenre uh that people would find exciting Yeah,
0: and I'd love to see the villain in glasses get a chance to shine. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh Jay we can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us. Uh before we let you go is there something you'd like to like plug, tell people to check out that you of course can talk about?
1: <laughs> uh sure. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um uh so thank you too. This has been a lot of fun. Uh real pleasure. And um yeah, I think um uh new show um out with Sentai A Hero Nosora. Um you it's the basketball show. Like this is um this is something I've been able to uh to be a part of. It's another uh uh another Kyle Jones flick. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, it's a great, it's a great little show. Um, it's kind of, uh, for those that don't know it, it's uh, some kind of high school reprobates who all they really have is basketball and kind of their ragtag group and troublemakers. And um, they uh, they actually have some talent and a whole lot of heart. And it looks like uh, they just might be able to make this thing work. Uh, and so I play one of the, um, I guess he's the he's introduced as the school disciplinarian. Who is kind of assigned to be the, uh, not the coach. Um, what's the word? Sort of the kind of chaperone for yeah. the kids to kind of keep, keep them in line. Uh, he ends up getting thrust into a, a coach role, which is ill fitting and hilarious for him, but, um, uh, fun show. So that's, uh, that's out now available on high streaming on high dive. So I would, I would love people to give that a look. And then, um, Uh, A couple of shows um, that I've been a part of that are on Netflix now, like that's exciting too. kind of in the kind of realm of getting a show on Toonami to have it be on Netflix, just where anybody can watch it now. There's such a broad audience. Um, So there's uh, many people may be aware of uh, St. Seiya. It is being reintroduced for the Netflix audience. Uh, And so I've been able to, um, have some involvement in that which has been exciting uh, for me given my involvement in the original um english dub from a long time ago a long time ago now um so i'm really excited to see that one come back because that that show holds a special place in my heart um and for people that enjoy you know the genre of of uh fighting lads um where where a fight can take an entire episode uh, if they haven't seen Saint yet, Se, they might give it a give it a tumble. It's it's, uh, it's quite a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Um, and again, Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I didn't mean to take too much of your time, but it was just. Such a great conversation, I just didn't want you to stop really
1: I didn't want to stop either let's uh let's do it again sometime. It was yeah. a pleasure for me i really appreciate yeah,
0: it yeah no, again thank you thank you so much. i hope everyone enjoyed listening and I hope it wasn't too too many hard questions for you. that's always the goal not not hard questions
1: i'm uh, not sweating yet. hope <laughs> we'll to
0: try harder next time all right but but thank you and thank you to everyone for listening in
1: you bet thank you c j thank you paul we'll uh we'll see you on the flip side
0: see ya